Hello, everyone. Welcome to Executive Report. Uh, today, we're taking a little bit of a dive into some things that a lot of people find a little curious and maybe even a little bit scary. Uh, we're going to be talking to Aida Keener, the president and CEO of Atruent, as it relates to cybersecurity and some of the threats that exist out there today, and really what we need to do in this coming year to make sure we stay safe, not only organizationally, but personally as well. So before I get started, um, let me read a quick book bio uh, just to refamiliarize with who Aida is. So with over 30 years of experience in the information technology field, Aida manages and advises SBEs across a multitude of verticals for all IT and cybersecurity related matters. Using a managed services uh, platform, which includes cybersecurity tools, her main focus is to streamline business environments utilizing best practices while ensuring that business owners can concentrate on what they do best, growing their businesses. So, Aida, welcome back to Executive Report. It's great to be back, Steve. Thank you for inviting me again. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, just to follow up from our last recording, uh, I know that we talked quite a bit about wine, so I have to ask, are there any new wines I should be on the lookout for? Any of your personal favorites that have evolved? I'm telling you, just go on WTSO.com and create a I swear I'm not getting paid for this. It's a free service. It's wine till sold out. That's free advice. Hmm. Um, You get the last shipment or cases of wine that they have. And if you don't jump on the offer right away, then it's gone. But I get most of my wine through there. Do you really? mm -hmm. Well, there you go. So good advice for everyone right off the bat. (laughs) So today we are talking about cybersecurity and some of the threats that exist. And I read some stats uh, that were really quite concerning. Uh, One of the stats I just read is that in 2021, the cost of cybersecurity failures was over $6 trillion on a global scale. I mean, that's just incredible. And then on top of it, most all of it, on uh, 90% of all of those problems that existed were because of human error. So mistakes that we make as employees or business owners um, that cause some of these problems. I mean, so what is it about uh, this this threatscape, so to speak? I mean, what I mean, what's out there that's so scary and, and bad? First of all, that number is going to go up, not going to go down, um, <laughs> unfortunately. You mean the $6 trillion? Yeah, yeah. it's not going down. Uh, and the reason, even though that there is so many different threats available out there, the number one is always going to be phishing. phishing. And phishing, um, actually, we got some requests from some clients today because... You get emails, people impersonating somebody else within the same organization, people not knowing what to do. And it just takes a second to pay attention to the sender because Mm -hmm. even though the name looks the same, the signature looks the same, but the email address will have something like weird characters at either gmail.com or outlook.com or something different that is definitely not coming from the organization. So it's just a question of uh, figuring out, okay, is this legit or not legit? And and being trained on what to look for. So... And some of those get really um, detailed. I know I've received them in the past, and sometimes it looks like it's coming from our own accounting department internally, you know, asking for things like, did you approve this invoice? And then there's a link. And thankfully, I've been taught well by mm. you not to click on that link and how to spot it, but they get really detailed. It, but yeah, they are very, uh, they're becoming really, really, really crafty. Mm. 
uh, when it comes to those emails. You don't even see um, as much as the Amazon or FedEx or, um, I mean, occasionally you still get the email about, you know, this rich Egyptian prince that is leaving <laughs> you uh, a fortune that you might want to give your bank account to. And some people do still fall for that, unfortunately. But <clears throat> the most, really the one that actually you see a lot of is impersonation within the same company. And it doesn't matter how much security you have in the background because those type of things can't be filtered sometimes because mm. they find a way to bypass all those security layers that you were mentioning at the beginning of your presentation. But um, going back to the fact that the users or end users are really the biggest threat is because if they're not educated enough to look for the signs of what is legit or not legit, then um, I always, you know, I told you that during the webinar last time we did one together is if you're going to let somebody in, kind of like the vampire analogy, yeah. Yeah. if, you know, the vampire can't get in unless you allow them, them to come into your house, it's the same thing. If you're going to click on that link, open the email or reply, yeah. Yeah. then you give him them free range to do whatever it is that they want within, you know, your data, your network, even if it's cloud data. Absolutely. And something that seems to be relatively new that I've seen is it's not just email anymore. Sometimes it's text messages. Yep. That's also coming, um, that's become, email is still going to be the number one because um, I think because you, you carry your cell phone everywhere, right? Yeah, and yeah. a cell phone is as powerful as a laptop nowadays. So when you look at your emails, you take the emails a little bit more seriously than you would take your text message. People are starting to recognize the text or the SMS that comes through a little bit more. And because uh, most of the carrier are becoming a little bit more intelligent now, mm. um, where, uh, for example, I have Verizon and Verizon actually automatically categorize them when I get a spam and tell like, you know, we noticed that you had a spam, you mm, put him in that category so you don't have to, if you think it's legit, you're more than welcome to uh, go look at it. But most of the time I actually trust when they put them <laughs> in the spam. Understood. So let's just say uh, someone clicks on one of these things. Does their computer go down immediately and it's like you've been hacked and you've got ransomware? Um, or, or does it take a while for people to recognize that they've had a problem? So it depends on what kind of threat we are talking about. It depends what kind of phishing has been sent out. So uh, it could be either or. Uh, most of the uh, cybercrime that are happening um, today, they will stay dormant within your environment for mm. a while. Sometimes it could be even a year. Like the, like the the worm or the malware or whatever they it is. Just, so what happens is, let's say you have all of your data within SharePoint, for example, Office 365, which most of the people that we deal with now, you know, are getting away from having server on premises. So you don't have a server on site anymore. Most of your cloud, your data resides on the cloud, whether it's a Microsoft cloud, whether it's a Google cloud. But once you give them access, you click on that link, which means that you give them access to your personal information as far as perhaps you so your email address, maybe they can, they're going to be able to find access to your password, especially uh, one of the things that people do um, because it's easy uh, is they save the password on Google. Mm, like in the Google Chrome extension? Correct. Okay. Or even in any other browser that you would use. Um, 
I just don't have the time to remember all of my passwords, so I'm going to let my browser recognize all of them. This way, all I do is I click on this, it's going to recognize and it's going to let me write in. So <laughs> if somebody click on the link and all you do is clicking from browser to browser to get to your data, and if you have your password saved, and on top of it, you don't have dual-factor authentication set up, which means you don't get the code Mm. Uh, on a cell phone or, or any other app that you would use to get that code, then you have given them access to essentially everything that you use on a daily basis. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And at that point, all they do is just look around, see if they see anything interesting. And then once they do, that's when the damage starts. And it could be instant and it could take months. Oh, wow. So you could, So people could literally have some kind of a virus or malware sitting on their system right now that's been there for months and they have no idea. And eventually that whatever they put, uh, I guess a little piece of software, once it finds something worthwhile, they're they're going to exploit it. And I guess that's when ransomware would come in, right? Right, ransomware or any other thing, really. Okay. So it could be ransomware, it could be, uh, so give you a scenario, let's say somebody gets a message or an email with a link or say, you know, your password's been compromised. And they're like, oh my God, you know, I have to click on this. And they click on this. And then that's can redirect something that looks like Office 365 and they reset the password. Then all of a sudden the hacker have their credential to Office 365, right? Yeah. So they get into the system and uh, what they can do is encrypting the data online is a little bit more difficult than doing it when you had data on premises, mm -hmm. but... Because they have access to all of your users, and then they can reset password, and then they can impersonate whoever, even the CEO of a company, mm. and have access to their mailbox, and go, go to the sent items, attachment, and have access to all kind of other information. At that point, it's easy, you know, go to the bank account, request money for a vendor, or mm. send uh, something to an internal employee, please approve this. Yeah. Crazy expense because I'm leaving tomorrow. Hmm, interesting. I mean, so this is—I mean, this is scary stuff. And the stat says that 90% of the reasons this happens is because of human error. So people clicking on things. So how do you overcome that as an organization? Three letters: S A T, Security Awareness Training. Training. Okay. So what the security awareness training is? Um, that have you ever? Have you ever, I'm assuming as being a responsible business owner, you probably have cyber insurance. I would assume so as well. Okay. <laughs> so cyber insurance, pre-COVID, I would say probably three, four years ago, you have one page, three questions or four questions that you answer and you have cyber insurance. Now the application is 48 pages. <laughs> so it started as three pages and now it's 48. It's 48 page because uh, when... Cyber insurance boomed. They got killed because oh, they had to pay a lot of claims because they didn't have enough controls. I see. So the more, I mean, the stats that you just announced speaks for themselves. So more yes, people are getting hacked. The people that were insured got the insurance money back. And then the insurance companies realize, okay, we can't do this anymore because we're going to be broke. So we're going to have to put a little bit more control on our application to make sure that people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And one of the criteria of applications today, if you look at any of them, I don't care who the broker is, you will always see at least 
one line or multiple paragraphs about dual factor authentication and another one when it comes to security awareness training. So security awareness training is to alleviate the problem with educating the end users on what to do and what not to do, what is safe to do, what is not safe to do. And um, most security awareness training program uh, involve phishing simulation campaigns. Oh, really? So the phishing simulation campaign that we deploy through our clients, um, depending on, we, we don't tell them, we don't do them regularly. Like it's not, we're going to do this every two it's weeks. Like so we're going to do testing. it. We do random testing. So we could do one, for example, today, or we could do them one another one in two months because we don't want them to be waiting for them. I see. And we, uh, my that- team has become very crafty in, <laughs> in uh, creating those phishing simulation emails. And sometimes they do look like the company, they put their own logo in there um, and try to get the employees to click on, entice them to click on those links. Wow. And How because often- it's a simulation, uh, some obviously do click on the link. And when they do click on the link, we put a funny message, uh-oh, you should not have done that, and we send them immediately to a training program. I see. And I'm just curious, how often do people click it? Is it like 50-50? You'd be super, like, originally, it was like, the stats were worrisome, but people hmm. are starting to realize. Starting to catch up. They're starting to catch up. Okay, this is something that we need to take seriously. So even when they don't know and they're not sure, so they just forward the email to our ticketing system to make sure that, hey, I don't know what this is. Is it safe? So, which actually gave us an idea uh, internally. We are in the process of developing an attribution tool that is going to be right on Outlook. Um, that is going to essentially put the email that they're not sure about. We'll put that email into a sandbox that we will verify. And if it's safe, you will release it to the inbox. If it's not safe, it's just going to quarantine it. Interesting. Interesting. So, I mean, obviously, we've spent quite a bit of time talking about this topic because 90% of all of these these issues come from human error. But some of them don't. Mm-hmm. You know, that means 10% don't. So, obviously, there's other security precautions that companies can take for, like, maybe their network security in the form of, I, I would assume, firewalls and so forth. Is that right? So, if you recall, I think, when, when did we do that webinar? Like two, three weeks ago? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, a while back. So, we were talking about layered security. Yes. And we were talking about the analogy of, of airport security. Uh, that, yes. So, which I think is a great analogy because if you look at all the things that you have to go through to be able to get on the plane, you, you know, you take your belts off, you take your shoes yeah, off, I hate you traveling. take everything off, and then, you, you know, show up to the airport stand naked. there, and then they scan <laughs> you. So, it's, it's really the same. So, if you think of one person going to airport security, oops, uh, airport security, and, and to finally be able to get to the plane, imagine that the person A or the traveler is data. Yeah. So the data to arrive safely where it needs to go, it needs to go through a certain uh, different protocol of security just to make sure that it's safe. And unfortunately, today, it's not just one control because the, the, the landscape... Uh, when it comes to cyber threat, is so enormous that you can't even keep up. And you have to add, even though I tell you today it's five, tomorrow it's seven, you know, in a year it's going to be 15. <laughs> yeah. So knock on wood, I don't think I'll ever be out of business. But um, <laughs> it's challenging because you have to constant, con- constantly evolve and, and, and adapt 
to what they're doing. So as far as the different uh, precaution that you can take, um, one, of course, you have to have, if you have an environment, because we're going to a hybrid mm -hmm. type of workspace now. Yes. Now, a lot of people are getting, rid of, are getting rid of their office space. You have a lot of people working from home, but there is more and more hybrid type of working environment where you still have a smaller office space when you have a lot of people working from home. Mm. Um, so obviously the, the one in the office, yes, you do have to have a hardware firewall. You do have to have all kind of security controls in there. You do have to have antivirus, anti-ransomware, make sure that all of your machine are properly patched constantly because if you don't keep up on those, that's one vulnerability that uh, hackers are going to try to exploit. Um, then you have to look at your password policy and you have to look at your... Um, how how often the, does the computer screen needs to shut down by itself? Mm. You know, norm is usually 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> even putting policies and procedures such as, you know, do not write post-it note on your screen with your password or put it under the keyboard because some people used to do that. <laughs> um, don't use the same password for everything. Yeah. Um, the list go on and on and the on. The list on. goes on and on. <laughs> so I'm just curious... Um, you're talking about layered security. You've got all these different pieces. Mm -hmm. uh, why do the layers matter? I mean, wouldn't it be better just to have one really strong, um, you know, barrier? Um, or does it, or do layers really do matter? Why, why would it matter to a hacker? Because hackers are lazy. <laughs> They're lazy. By nature. And, and the reason why I'm saying that, and if any hackers actually listening to this podcast, I don't mean this as an insult. I mean this. <laughs> we don't want to offend the hackers out We there. don't want to offend the hacker because I don't want to become a target. But um, what I mean by that is is the the, uh, the expression work smart, but don't necessarily work hard. Ah, so they just look for something easy to... So uh, the, the, the laziness factor comes into play when it comes to, okay, so if I have one layer of security that I'm going to put all of my efforts into breaking that layer of security. And once I break it, I'm done. I'm in. I see. But if I put, let's say, five layers of security, and if you keep in mind the laziness factor, so I break through the first one, then I go to the second one. Normally by the third one, they give up, and they're going to go to the next to external IP address yeah. because, you know, it takes too much effort and there's too many easy targets out there hmm. to spend the effort on getting to all of the layers. Unless you have something they really, really, really want, then you can put 10 layers of security, it won't matter. <laughs> They'll just keep digging until they can get through. Right. Got it. Ah, so that's why you don't want to offend the hackers. I get it. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. All right. So, I mean, obviously, there's a lot to be concerned with. If you had to give advice to our audience um, of business owners and entrepreneurs out there, and you had to say, if you had to do one thing, what would it be in this coming year to make sure that you're improving your systems? Um, get us as a managed service provider. <laughs> that was an easy one. But um, honestly, what what the best advice I could give you is train your users. If whoever the IT provider that you have right now, make sure that they do offer security awareness training for your employees because that eliminates um, almost 40 to 50% of the threat. I see. Um, make sure that, um, and I know I talked about cyber insurance, but if you 
uh, do have cyber insurance, make sure that your IT company is reviewing hmm. those uh, those documents because if you uh, most in most cases, I have seen people filling up those those documentation to get cyber insurance without the involvement of the IT company, which means that they put something in there that wasn't the case. Oh, so they or could, the control that they didn't have. And they may not even know. And they may not even know because they think, oh, I have that, I have that, I have that, I have that. And then if an, an event where, you know, they get hacked, insurance won't pay because when they do go verify whether they had those controls or not. I see. That, unfortunately, they weren't there. Um, so is that something you do, your company at Truant? Do you go through those security policies oh, with your clients? Okay, excellent. Excellent. Well, if someone would like to talk to you about training or their uh, security policies or anything in the IT cybersecurity world, uh, how can they reach out to you? www.atruin.com. Okay. Uh, they can uh, email info at atruin.com. They can reach out to my dog, Sebastian Keener, <laughs> on LinkedIn. He has his own page. Oh, I love that. He's becoming very popular. <laughs> um, and... Um, just phone call, 443-569-8558. Perfect. Well, everyone out there, be sure you click the like button, say the subscribe button, and also share this video. And Aida, we thank you so much for coming back to Executive Report, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Thank you, Steve.